Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello everyone. This is Marcianne, and I want to welcome all of you. And thank you so much for tuning in. I have the best news for you <laughs> about how singing in your car is going to be a great benefit. So, um, actually, long before there was Bluetooth or cell phones, I had been preaching in my car because I am an ordained minister, but I've never had a church. I got ordained so I could be legal to marry people here in California. And I had a beach wedding business for 22 years in Laguna Beach, California. Now, today you can be uh, ordained online for just $29.95. But I have a real ordination from the University of Metaphysics, which is now located in Sedona, Arizona. It was in Los Angeles when I was ordained in 1991. You know, actually, I've never, ever wanted to have a church. And at this stage of my life, I am so glad I never did have a church. Now, since 1991, I have changed what I believed probably a dozen times. You know, most preachers who have been ordained through a specific religious faith preach from a book of set doctrines that their particular denomination believes. And most of those beliefs are based upon the conclusions that were drawn at the Nicene Council way back in 320 A.D. And most denominations haven't changed what they preach at all since then. Because I don't think very many of them actually even seek truth, you know, today's truth through the Holy Spirit. They just preach those established doctrines of men that they've been taught. And I say doctrines of men because the Nicene Council decided a whole bunch of stuff that actually completely contradicts the teachings of Jesus. Jesus knew that most of what he was teaching would not be understood. Uh, His purpose for coming, actually, was to fully demonstrate what his teaching was. I mean, that is, you know, manifest in a life. What is the Son of God? What does the Son of God do? And he did it with his final manifestation of conquering death. Now, he knew that they hadn't understood his message, so before he left, he said that we wouldn't have any need to have any man teach us anything, that he would send the evidence of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit would dwell within us and lead and guide us into all truth. And the evidence that we have the Holy Spirit is our ability to speak in tongues. Well, the church age is now over, and I am glad. (laughs) I've actually been thrown out of two different types of churches. I mean, the first time was when my husband left me and the three children to go pursue greener pastures in his career as a judge. This was after I had worked to put him through law school and and then through my family's political connections, he actually got the appointment to be circuit court judge in a small county in Indiana. 
Now, he had to establish residency in order to be put on the ballot to be ratified by the voters of that county. So he moved there, and I stayed behind to allow the children to finish that semester of school and sell the house. Well, while he was down there through the week, this little sweetie baby went after the judge and convinced him she could love him more than I did. So I never got to move to the small county, and I was never Mrs. Judge. She was. Now, this would have been a good time for the church to be there for me, but instead, because now I had that piece of paper that said I was divorced, I could no longer run the children's church that I had been in charge of for eight years, nor could I continue to be the treasurer of the Bible study. But, oh, oh, I could still pay my tithe. You know, it was difficult for the kids and me financially. I mean, yes, I did get child support, but I had quit college to go to work so my husband could go to law school. So I could only get a $5 an hour secretary job uh, while the sweetie baby was living it up as Mrs. Judge. So I moved back in with my mother and her husband at the time who was retired. And then I found out that he was sexually molesting my seven-year-old who got home from school earlier than I got off work, so I had to get out of that unsafe home. At that time, I was gathering together with a small, undenominational Pentecostal group, so I went to one of the men in that group. His wife had died a couple years before, and I knew that he had a big four-bedroom, two-bath house. So I was hopeful that I could rent out two rooms and a bath there. And he said, absolutely. He said, you pack up and move over to my house right now. I will help you. And I did. My mother was hysterical. What are you doing? What in the world are you thinking? You can't do that. And I said, mother, I have to do this, and you cannot bear to know why. And I turned and walked out wasn't too long before the board of men who administered this group called this man before them and said, we could no longer attend their group, that we were bringing shame on them since we were living together in a house and we weren't married. But this same group also preached that if a person was divorced, they couldn't ever remarry anyway. So they offered no solution for me so much for their love and support in a time of desperation. Well, now the church age is over, and I have been able to lay to rest these wounds. I recently read an Easter story about the wounded heart of Jesus, and I thought to myself, mm-hmm, I know those wounds very well. You know, Jesus wasn't happy with the church of his day either. He told the rabbis they were of his father, the devil, and that they knew nothing about his father who sent him. He took his whip and drove the money changers out of the temple, stood up in the congregation at 12 years old and told them all off. (laughs) And it was because that Jesus was at a change of dispensation also. It was at the end of the age of the law and the prophets. And he said that John the Baptist was the last one of that dispensation, that John the Baptist actually was Elijah who had been prophesied to come, and Elijah would present the Messiah. 
And Jesus said, so now everything's been fulfilled, and that time is finished. Jesus said, it is finished. So now we're at the end of the age of the church, and it had to end because it has never preached Jesus' message yet. And we as humans will never know who we are or what we're capable of doing as long as we are taught to just sit on the pew and be fed some pablum of when you die, you get to go to heaven, and then you will have everything you have ever needed or wanted. Well, Jesus said that the kingdom of God, or heaven, if you will, because isn't heaven where God lives, is inside of us. So now, during the age of the kingdom, I like to call it that, the kingdom age, we are to bring the kingdom of God, or heaven, out onto the earth now. And we do this by finding out who Jesus really was, who we really are, and being who we really are. In the New Testament, the Greek word for church Ecclesia means the called out ones, one person at a time, the called out ones. I had a revelation about this that set in motion a whole new idea of what it means to be a member of a church. (laughs) Most people don't know that the whole idea of the building and people being set up as members of of the church was to get a bank loan to build that building. The bank wanted to know how many people would be coming on a regular basis so they could figure out how much money to lend the group. So that's what church membership is all about, money. But apparently, and thankfully, God has his relationship with each one of us one-on-one. And that also has been my experience. Did God forsake me? No, Did God continue to love me? Yes. All through these experiences, I could always speak in tongues, that absolute evidence that God and I were one-on-one, even as the church closed its doors to me, failing to reveal the Father's love, which Jesus revealed at the time when everybody wanted to stone Mary Magdalene. And Jesus said, okay, Whoever's without sin, you can start the stoning. And as everybody walked away, Jesus said to Mary, Neither do I condemn you. So as I've gone through these various experiences in my one-on-one relationship with God, proof of which is my ability to speak in tongues, this is how I keep going through all these revisions. One thing I believe changes, and that one thing affects everything else. You know, I'm really glad I never tried to have a church. How terrible it would be if I had preached something I believed at one point and then three years later I didn't believe it anymore. I mean, how could you go back and find everybody you preached to and tell them, hey, 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 that was wrong. Uh, This is what I think it is now. And then five years later that changes. (laughs) I did ask my three children if I could share with them how I had changed what I had taught them. Uh, because I had started running the children's church, actually, when my own children uh, were old enough to go to the children's church from the nursery. 
Do you know that curiously each one of them said yes, but they also wanted to do it one-on-one by themselves without the other children present? And now they know truth is an ever-evolving part of life here on earth. They even today tease me. What do you believe today, mother? (laughs) You know, it's not that the truth changes. It's that, that there are layers and layers to the truth and the best example of this that I can give at this time is that a three-year-old child would never be given a loaded gun to pay to play with but by the time that child is 14 to 16 he can be taught how to use a loaded gun and finally by 21 he can own his own loaded gun so we expand with the truth and as we see a truth within the bigger context of its origin we see all the other things that are affected and our understanding and experience changes. Okay, so this is what I believe today. <laughs> Each of us is a one-of-a-kind creation, and we're only responsible for our own relationship, either with or without God. God deals one-on-one. So if you don't want him to be a part of your life, he won't. If you do, you and he are in a sacred marriage that is monogamous. So what about all those preachers out there? Well, you know, Jesus said before he left to his disciples, I'm going to go away now, but I will not leave you comfortless. I will send you the evidence that that same spirit that raises me from the dead also dwells in you. And the things that you have seen me do, you also shall be able to do. And you will not have any need to have any man teach you anything. The Holy Spirit will teach you each individually everything that each one of you needs to know. And the wisdom that you receive will lead and guide you on your own specific path. So this is another reason why I am so glad I have never had a church, because we were never supposed to have churches and preachers. God is a one-on-one relationship creator, just you and God, period. No one else, just the two of you walking together, hand in hand, creating a path for you to experience everything that you agreed to do while you were in this particular incarnation in order to prepare you for whatever's next. Because as you awaken more and more to this exclusive relationship, your life is going to take on the various measures of the powers of the Holy Spirit. And you will learn how to live and move and have your entire life run by the Holy Spirit. This is what Jesus demonstrated. He said, I only do what I see the Father do. I only say what I hear the Father say. Because he was in the measure of the stature of the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And everybody is at different stages. Everybody has all types of different experiences, too. Because each one of us is learning what we are supposed to know. I mean, maybe Susie sitting next to you doesn't need to know what you need to know. Susie may be being prepared to do something that's totally different from what you're being trained to do. 
She may not need to know about how to do calculus and trigonometry, but you may need to not only do calculus and trigonometry, but nuclear chemistry and quantum physics too. All of us have come here to Earth to be prepared for a higher calling because Earth is pretty much a lot more than a secondary school. We're actually at least a junior college and, and maybe even beyond. We do have some creations here, though, that are renegades from the lower astral planes. They get here through the irresponsible use of the natural sexual desire These are babies that are born as the result of uncontrolled and undisciplined sex acts between two people who are in lust and not in love. Because if they had been in love, they would have been married and would have made preparation for the arrival of this new little soul. When two irresponsible people have sex that creates a baby, this creates a miscreation, a misbegotten child illegitimate, an unauthorized person, actually an outlaw. And that is mostly what these bastard kids are, outlaws. So those in charge here on Earth have had to develop all kinds of programs to capture and control these undesirable people. It takes a lot of our resources and time and energy to do this, which could be being channeled into the elite souls that have come here to be prepared for further responsibility in our universe. These miscreations are not the ones I want to talk to today. Today, I want to talk to the elite souls. Those of you who have come here to Earth to get your training. You know, maybe you don't know yet what you're being trained for. Maybe you're still in those early stages where you could still pursue several different paths. And you aren't quite sure which one of them you love the most yet. Because all elite souls will be choosing what they love to do, not what they have to do. These elite souls will be focusing all of their energy into some part of life that is going to make it better for all of us. Some of the elite souls will be returned here to Earth to help the other new souls coming here for training. And others will be taken on out into the galaxy and eventually beyond our Milky Way galaxy into some other important places in the universe. So I believe it's been these elite souls that I've been preaching to for years in my car. (laughs) And up until I started my radio show six years ago, um, I, I think I was preaching... I to the guardian angels of those elite souls, probably the angels and the cosmic guides who have been assigned to them to watch over their elite soul. Because I just preached and preached in my car. And since it was way before cell phones and Bluetooth, people would just look at me. Who is she talking to? (laughs) But now it's just totally a common thing to see someone talking in their car. You know they're on their phone on Bluetooth. But for years and years, I was just a crazy lady who was always talking in her car. But now, I sing in the car. Because <laughs> I'm at the computer preparing my script for these radio shows now, instead of preaching in the car. So I'm using my time in the car 
which here in California can be significant, to create, recreate, and update all of the more than 300 or so computer programs that are running in my body at any given time. This is the newest form of medication for my health. I live in a senior community, and most all of the people who live here only talk about their medications and what the doctor said. I just can't be in any of the groups or clubs here because I just can't stand to listen all about the pills and the medications everybody is taking. It's too distressing for me. I went over to a friend's home recently that I hadn't seen for a while, and all he talked about was his recent hip surgery and the medication he takes and how he's afraid he's going to get into the opiate addiction, taking his pain medication. I just couldn't get out of there fast enough. And he would look at me like I was still the crazy lady if I told him that I sing in tongues all the time uh, when I am in my car and that that is all the medication I take for my health. I used to offer this information to people when I was in fellowship (laughs) with friends and neighbors, but not anymore because it just seems to create a very tense and uncomfortable moment for everybody. So I just share it here on the radio show because this way... You as the listener have the right of your sovereign choice to listen or not to listen. I do seem to have a very low abandonment percentage, but I find out that it it is very interesting which shows people abandon early and which shows people stay listening to all the way through. Where you are on your own personal in your own personal experience one-on-one with God will be the measure of your attention span. So one way to learn how to be in touch with the Holy Spirit and actually uh, have a part of training that is going to be take us to the point where we are totally led and guided by the Holy Spirit is to have a relationship with your body. Because your body was originally created to work perfectly. We were to use the food from the plant kingdom originally, and everything was already here to supply the nutrition, to fuel all the various programs that are running in our body. And it was only later on, actually, when the human creation was still in its infancy that the animals were used for food. Our bodies did adapt to that change, but the, do- the body didn't run as well using animals as food as it did when only the plant kingdom was used for food. While on plant food, the human body survived for hundreds and sometimes thousands of years. And what we call death, when the spirit leaves the body, was a choice. It was graduation for those who were to go on in their responsibilities in the cosmos. But eating the animals got us down to about an average of 70 to 80 years. Some people, I have two friends that are in their 90s, actually three friends in their 90s, but they're not very common, mostly 70s, 80s here in this retirement community. You know, we're a Christian country, and we use the Bible for history mostly, But the Bible only starts with Abraham, who probably lived in the second millennium B.C. 
this doesn't take into account all of the history of ancient civilizations that have come and gone before the current time of written history. And also that so much even of written history has been destroyed. So here in America, we're pretty ignorant of the natural rhythms and cycles and systems of the, whole, of the human body. We could have gained a lot of wonderful information about this from the Native American Indian. However, they were considered savages with no value at all by the snobbish English who first came here. Actually, our body is the greatest technological advancement we have on the face of the earth. But most people have no idea about it. We have at least 300 programs running in our body all the time. Digestion, elimination, hormones, circulation, respiration, fantastic nervous system, cellular renewal and replacement, just to name a few. There are chemical combinations going on all the time. And every single cell in our body has the capacity to become a stem cell and create something new that is needed by the body at any given moment. And that's something may have never been before. It can be made just for your body because there is no other body like yours. And when you begin to get the gist of the body that you really have been given, you're going to be in awe and wonder. (laughs) Your body is not something to be afraid of. Your body is your very own special manifestation in order for you to have the one and only type of human experience that you signed up for when you incarnated. Everything is one-on-one. Our relationship with God is one-on-one. Your relationship with your body is one-on-one. And when you begin to get your eyes off of everyone else and you begin to focus all of your energy and attention on you, you will find your stadium where you and all of you is enough. And then you can just evolve from there. Once you get all of you into operation, you will experience only total health and well-being. That's the future I'm laying out for you today. Now, if you haven't listened to my show, You and All of You is Enough, <clears throat> that was the one I did last week, I'll rec- I recommend that you do take the time to listen to it all the way through. It's just a fantastic revelation. I'm still digesting the information myself. But if I keep myself in my stadium with all of me, I am all power. I feel invincible. Uh, That show is called You and All of You is Enough, and it also is called Marcy's Stadium. (laughs) So my invincibility is powered by the Holy Spirit, which is my breath. As I breathe in and I exhale out, I am connecting with the power of the Holy Spirit. And when I put my voice to that breath of the Holy Spirit, I am creating my life. When we speak in tongues using the power of the Holy Spirit, we are speaking the wondrous works of God. 
This is a pure language, which we have never spoken wrongfully in, never used to lie or to speak cruelties about anything or anybody. This pure language is in codes, the codes of light that has created everything. God said, let there be light. The light came everything. The light language came forth in abundance of creations, glorious light forms in layers and varieties of the various kingdoms, the elements, the waters and the sea creatures, the rocks and minerals, the plants, land animals, and then at the top of the chain right now, humans, although we are at the lowest level of our evolution. I mean a land crab or an ant (laughs) or a bee or a dog are at higher levels of species evolution. All of these layers and varieties within the kingdoms were all created with the light codes. And these are the light codes that we speak through the Holy Spirit. They are what are going to create our perfect physical body for us to live in. So get the most time available for me to speak these light codes to my body. I sing in the car. <laughs> and so this is redeeming that time I have to use to, to drive here and there. Instead of now just trying to get someplace, I use the time to create and recreate, repair and restore all those systems that are operating to maintain my physical body. And I do use a CD with this also. It's by the brothers Casimero from Hawaii because uh, most of the songs they sing, they sing in Hawaiian, which is a language of tones that are mostly vowels. So as they sing in Hawaiian, I sing in tongues with them. Now, first of all, I tell my body if I wanted to work on anything specific. You know, like right now I have some congestion I would like to have cleared up. So I will tell it to work on whatever needs some restoration or repair to get rid of the congestion. So I first set the intention. Body, I am going to now sing in tongues for the next 20 minutes while I drive to the beach, and let's do some maintenance and repair. And then I just joyfully sing along in tongues <laughs> with the brothers Casimero. You know, I've noticed since I started doing this that my body heals little cuts and bruises now really, really fast. And I'm not sick. While everybody was getting the flu this winter, I didn't. I noticed my hair seems to be so much more shiny. <laughs> my digestion is quick. My elimination is regular. My fingernails and toenails are very strong. And as I shared in an earlier broadcast, I'm working through an emotional trauma right now, which caused me to have pain in my knees. And my knees are just getting better and better every day. I'm able to go up and down my stairs now almost with no pain. It's only if I sit too long that I get pain getting up. So the answer to that is not to sit so long. Get up and go around the block. I live close to a lovely creek that comes down from the mountains and goes to the ocean. 
and uh, in the in this gated community where I live. And this area is a lovely park where the creek goes through, and it's a five-minute walk from my house, so I have no excuse. And I have to do my part. I mean, there's always God's part, and then there's our part. And also when we're singing or speaking in tongues, we can also receive revelations about things. I received the revelation that the area where there is this congestion in my throat is around scar tissue from when I had whooping cough as a child. So I asked for the codes that can repair and restore that area and take away the scar. And then the congestion can clear up. And also I have set the intention for the cataract in my left eye to dissolve. I told my eye, thank you for your concern, but I do not need to have that protection now in my eye because it is causing the lights at night to have big rainbows around them. And it hinders my night vision. It doesn't help. And I want to be able to keep driving at night. So as I sing in tongues in my car, I remind my eyes that I wish them to continue to dissolve the cataract. And you know what? I'm not getting the rainbows now on red lights, just the white lights, and it's getting clearer and clearer. You know, we just don't know that we have this power to direct affairs of our body and to work together with it to bring about health and healing. Certainly I have never heard this preached in any church, but in my one-on-one relationship with God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, I have found it out. And I want to thank you for listening as I share it with you. A friend of mine told me recently about a new show on TV about three women trying to take it in this hard, cruel world. (laughs) And uh, one of them has a child who has some kind of a rare disease, and her monthly cost for the medication for her child is $10,000 a month, and her deductible is $3,000 a month. And the other two women had bill, bill problems too, so they decided to write up, rob a bank. I was just horrified. But my friend said, oh, but what would you do if you had a child that needed $10,000 worth of medication every month? I said, you know, it's like that old argument that the end justifies the means. I said, I would lay hands on her and speak in tongues and direct those light codes to go into her body and repair and restore her body systems to their original divine blueprint and have her be healed, perfect and entire, lacking nothing. But as usual, people just look at me like I'm crazy. Well, as I have always said, if you don't believe it, it won't work for you. But if you believe it and it becomes your truth, it's the truth that sets us free. Now, if you've not had your own personal experience of speaking in tongues yet, uh, let me just quickly give you the steps. Create a sacred space somewhere, some a private place where you feel happy and you feel safe. And then begin by breathing in and out. And then as you breathe in, see yourself in heaven. See yourself with every single need and desire totally and completely fulfilled. 
and then breathe out. And as you breathe your breath over your vocal cords, use your voice, your lips, your tongue, and begin to speak. And speak that pure language that is uniquely yours. Speak those light codes that are specifically for you. You may only speak a few words at the beginning, or you may speak whole sentences and more sentences. But as you connect more and more with the power of the kingdom of God that is within you, you will begin to speak more fluently. Remember now, you and God are in a holy, sacred, monogamous marriage, spirit, soul, and body. There are no conditions to be met to have this relationship. You already have it. You just need to become aware and begin to live and move and have your entire life be orchestrated by the Holy Spirit just for you, and it will be perfect. This is Marcy Ann, and until next time, I'm going to play those beautiful mission bells from the San Juan Capistrano Mission that they ring when somebody gets married.